Good morning, everybody. How are you this morning? It's good to see all of you. This morning, I'll, uh, I'll bring the, the message in terms of, uh, as you can see on the, on the screen, about speaking life. But first of all, I just want to send on behalf of, of Johannes and Marissa their the greetings and they are looking forward to be back, and I think they're having an awesome time. They are, as, as Sam said, uh, attending a, a church conference in South Africa, and we are also looking back to uh, looking forward to have them back. This morning, I'll I'll, uh, I'll bring a, a a message that's that's quite relevant, I think, for today and also for the future. And it might also clarify a couple of things for you in terms of the past. And seeing that there's a lot of practical applications that we can apply from, from this, this message, I've decided not to, do, not to do a traditional sermon, but rather to do a teaching this morning. So just, just bear with me, and um, I'll, I'll take you through this. The scripture for this morning is in Isaiah 55:11, and I'm reading from the Amplified uh, Version. I prefer the, the Amplified Version in this case because the Amplified Version is more, is more literal. So, so there's many, many other uh, translations, but for this morning's uh, topic... We need to really understand what the original Greek and what the original Hebrew is saying to us. Isaiah 55, 11, So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void without producing any effect or being useless, but it shall accomplish that which I please and purpose, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I send it. Luke 1.37, now we're looking more at, at the Greek. For with God nothing is ever impossible, and no word from God shall be without power or impossible or fulfillment. Other translations is saying, no word from God shall be void of power, no word from God shall be powerless. Let's just bow our heads. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that we can come this morning before you. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your love. Father, I pray that you will touch our hearts this morning. Willingly, we are opening our hearts to your word this morning. And we pray that your truth will penetrate our hearts, will bring conviction, will bring change, will bring transformation, will bring healing, will bring restoration. Thank you that you are a good, good Father. Please lead us this morning through this message, all for your glory, in the mighty name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen. In 2019, December, I was at the coast, and I was asking the Lord to give me some direction, some indication or a word for, for 2020. 
Is there something that I need to do or need to focus on? And the Lord gave me Romans 12 verse 2 that says, Do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs, but be transformed, be changed by the entire renewal of your mind. So I, I realized I need to renew my mind. I need to have a new kind of thinking, a new way of thinking about life, about the future, about 2020. But I was struggling. I was struggling with the concept to make it practical for myself. I'm a, I'm a very practical, hands-on guy. And I said to the Lord, I, I, need, to, I need to understand this, this, this better. And... I, I had a few discussions um, over the holidays in the beginning of, the, of 2020 with my son. And uh, we will have this, this meetings where it's an it's a open meeting where we share our feelings, what, whatever is, is on the inside of us. So something where, where maybe I've hurt him in terms of, of doing something. So I, I, I check in. It's a check-in meeting. It's, it's, it's to touch base. And in, and in this meeting, like with many of the other meetings, um, I've, I've realized that what has hurt my son is, is 90% my words. 90% is stuff that I spoke over him. And, and, and only a, a small percentage is stuff that I actually did. And in that discussion with him, I've, I've realized that in terms of, of renewal of the mind, I need to start with, with speaking. I need to start with, with what am I saying? What is my tongue, my mouth saying on a daily basis to my son and to the people around me? I then did some, some investigation and um, try to figure out what is it that I need to change in terms of, of bringing renewal. And I stumbled upon a few, a few pictures on, on Google because I was trying to understand what is my son experiencing when he's saying, um, my, my words are, are hurtful. And maybe you can identify today with some of these pictures being either on the receiving side of some verbal abuse by somebody or maybe on the giving side. But these pictures are just depicting what is our words doing to the people around us. Through our words, we are judgmental. We, we can become very abusive. Our words is sometimes full of pride. Our words is sometimes words of gossip. So then I went to Scripture, 
And in Scripture, Proverbs 18.21 said to me that I need to speak life. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. And I had to ask myself, what do I speak on a daily basis over myself, over my family, over my friends, over my government, over my president, over my husband or wife, over my kids, over my parents, over my colleagues at work? What words do I speak on a daily basis over my enemy? And in trying to figure this out, and, and I've realized that this is a critical concept, a critical principle that I feel that my son also needs to understand, I decided to draw a picture for him. And you know, in the process of, of us drawing pictures for, for our kids, we as adults understand it better. I don't know if you realize that. So... Today you'll see a, a digital version of the picture that I originally drew. I've put our beloved pastor, Johannes, there in the middle. You don't have to focus on the, on the scripture because it's quite small print. But it's about a concept that says everything starts in our thoughts, it goes to our, our heart, and then through our tongue and our mouth we speak either life or death. So I've realized that everything that I speak on a daily basis starts, starts up here. It starts in my mind. It starts with a thought. And many times the thoughts that's in my mind is coming from a lie. Because the enemy brings lies to me. The enemy tells me different stuff. The enemy tells me stuff that is mostly not true. The enemy sends people to speak stuff over my life that is not true. So we speak stuff over other people, which is most of the time not true. And, and I sit with these thoughts in my mind. And what I've realized as soon as I come into agreement with these thoughts, the thoughts go from my mind into my heart. What does it mean? As soon as I start to believe that I am dumb, I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy, I'm stupid, and I start, if, 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 if it's said enough over my life, Somewhere I will start to believe the lie. I come into agreement with that lie. And it drops into my heart. And once it's in my heart, Scripture says, in Proverbs 4.23, everything you do flow from your heart. So by the time you speak, you speak something that's coming from, from your heart. You speak about something that you are already in agreement with. That's not me saying it. That's what Scripture is teaching us. From the heart, from the heart, it goes to the mouth. Why? Matthew twelve thirty four is saying, For the mouth speak what the heart is full of. But the heart van vol is, 
dit praat ons. So then I start to speak stuff that's in my heart. And most of the time the stuff that I'm saying is not good. It's not, it's not uplifting. It's not building up. So what I realized, I need to start with my thoughts. I need to start with my mind and start to renew my mind. And start to get rid of the lies that I'm hearing, that I'm believing on a daily basis. I love the scripture, what, what Philippians 4 verse 8 is saying. We need to fix our thoughts on a daily basis on what is true, what is honorable, what is right, what is pure, what is lovely, what is admirable. We need to think only about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So is that, is that our focus? I've realized that was not my focus on a daily basis. And hence many times I said things to my son, which was definitely not words of life and building him up, but was breaking him down, even if I meant good. So many times we say, but I mean good. It's, 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 it's me. I mean good. But by meaning good, you can say stuff that is breaking people down and not uplifting them. Maybe you feel good. That's why the saying is, I mean good, when you say it. A good intention is not always a good intention aligned with Scripture. It's your own good intention. When I looked at More, more scripture and, and, and uh, more history about speaking and renewal of the mind, I've realized that on the Hebraic calendar, 2020 was a, was a new year. And it was a year that on the Hebraic calendar they call the year of pay. And this is how it looks. That's the line of Judah, representing God. There's the letter Pei. So, through the line of Judah, through God, something, something happens. So, what is, what is Pei meaning? And I don't want to go too much into the, the Hebrew uh, culture or, or explanation, but this was quite profound for me. So, the letter Pei means mouth, it means word, it means expression, it means vocalization, it means speech. And there you can see that letter fits nicely in a mouth. So if you look at the picture, the year 2020, last year, started a year of the mouth where certain things will be spoken into existence. We'll speak things into existence. God will, will, will use people to speak things through, through their mouths into existence. What's interesting, before the year pay on the Hebraic calendar, there was the year called a yin which means a understanding and, uh, um, and an awareness. It's about the eyes. 
So it says, before that year, on the Hebraic calendar, they believed that through the eyes, God gave them understanding of certain things. And that we are moving now from, He's given us understanding of many things, and now we, move, we are moving into a new decade where we will start to speak whatever we understand. Make sense? The picture for that is, this was the decade of the eye, and what the Hebraic prophets believe, we've entered a decade now, 10 years, where the believers, the people of God, there will be a decade of mouth, will start to speak things into existence. Not their own things, God's things. So I'm just, I'm, just exp I'm just using this as an example, not to go too much into the Hebrew culture, but I'm just using this as an example to show you that even in terms of the Hebrew calendar, there's an emphasis on what we speak. And according to the Jewish people, we've entered a time frame now where we will speak things, the things of God, we will speak things into existence. Let's maybe dive a bit deeper into the word. I just love this scripture in Genesis 1 that speaks about God the creator. So I don't know if we realize, but God the creator spoke everything into existence. In Genesis 1 it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And then verse 6 it says, God said, let there be an expanse. Verse 9, God said, let the water under the sky. God said, let the land produce. God said, let there be lights. God said, let the water swarm. God said, let the land produce living creatures. Verse 26, God said, let us make humankind in our image and after our likeness. Everything in creation... God spoke through the mouth, his mouth, into an existence. Maybe some more examples. When Moses was sent back to Egypt by God, and, and we know the story of Moses, and Moses complained and said, he, he cannot do it, and he's got a stutter, and he's not ready for this. And in Exodus 4, 11 to 12, it says, and the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth? Or who makes the dumb or the deaf or the seeing or the blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now, therefore, go, and I will be your mouth and will teach you what you shall say. Psalm 33, verse 6, speaks about the greatness and the goodness of God. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made. Again, the heavens, the creation of the heavens was, was coming from a word of the Lord. All their host by the, bread, by the breath of his mouth. Now you can say, but this is Old Testament. This is, this is the God of the Old Testament. Well, in the New Testament, 
Jesus said in Mark 5:41, in terms of the little girl that was dead, he gripped her firmly by the hand and he said to her, Talitha Kumi, which, which translated is little girl, I say to you, arise from the sleep of death. And we know that she became alive again. Mark 4, 39, speaking about the wind, then Jesus arose and he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was great calm. Matthew 8, 32, this is about demons. And Jesus said to them, be gone. So, so far, in terms of the scripture of the Old Testament and the New Testament, I did not see the mention of God's magic wand. I don't know if you heard it somewhere, where, and things happened. Every time something happened, God spoke it into existence. Now we can say, but that's God. It's not me. It's not really relevant to me. For God, anything is possible. Speaking about the greatest tragedy of the Jewish history, in Matthew 27 we read, so when Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere, but rather that a riot was about to break out, he took water and washed his hands in the presence of the crowd, saying, I'm not guilty or nor responsible for this righteous man's blood. See to it yourselves. And the people answered, meaning they answered with their mouth, let his, let Jesus' blood be on us and our children. This is what the Israelites spoke over themselves. And here, this was before the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. This is just normal people that wanted to see Jesus get crucified. And they said, no, 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 it's, it's fine, Pilate. Let his blood be on us and on our children. And, and those of you that has read the rest of the story, we know it's true. The rest is history. So ordinary people spoke something into existence over themselves. Proverbs 6, verse 1 to 2 is saying to us, you have been trapped by what you said, ensnared by the words of your mouth. So you know when you go and set a trap, it's, it's to catch something. So the scripture is saying, be careful what you say because you might be caught up in this, in this process. And I've borrowed the following slide from um, a great biblical scholar called Derek Prince. And please, I'm focusing today on, on, on speaking. I'm not focusing on, on any other 
medical problem or any other issue that we might have in our lives. I'm, I'm purely speaking today about the power of the tongue. So when you read it, please read it in context of what we speak over ourselves and not in context that there might be some other medical or other explanation for things happening to us. So I've copied verbatim from um, Mr. Prince. He said something that we can do that we speak, we speak stuff over ourselves. And whenever we speak stuff over ourselves, there's an inner vow. Another word is a self-covenant. You say, no, but it's, it's not possible. We said in the beginning we've established, when we start to believe the lie, we come into agreement with that lie. So once we've come into agreement with that lie, the covenant, the inner vow, is established automatically. So Mr. Prince is saying sometimes we speak stuff over ourselves that, that even goes as far as a self-imposed curse. How many times do we say, this is driving me crazy? In terms of sickness, whenever there's a bug, I will catch it. I'm always sick and tired. This sickness runs in the family, I guess I'm next, I'll, I'll get it as well. In terms of barrenness, I don't think I'll ever get pregnant, ever. This is not for me. It's not going to happen, the way things are going now. Breakdown of the marriage. The palm reader said, to my, said that my husband would leave. So this is when stuff is repeated and repeated and the lie is repeated and these words are repeated and we come into agreement, we believe it. It drops from the mind to the heart and once it's in the heart, we start to speak with authority. We speak it into an existence. This is not me. This is what Uncle Derek Prince is saying. I can never make ends meet. My father was the same. I struggled financially. My father struggled financially. My grandfather struggled financially. This is just... This is just us. And you start to believe it. I'm just a clumsy person. This, will always, this always happens to me. I stumble over everything. I walk into chairs and tables. I push stuff off the table. And you continually start to speak it. And before you realize it, it's, it's there. It's, it's happening on a continual basis. So scripture is saying to us, for whatever a man thinks within himself, so is he. Proverbs 23. Matthew 12, 34. The mouth speaks what the heart is full of. What is the heart full of? What is our hearts nowadays full of? Well, Scripture teaches us about two things, which is called gossip and slander. Romans 1.29, 
speaks about we are filled with every kind of unrighteousness, wickedness, covetousness, malice, rife with envy, murder, strife, deceit, hostility. They are gossips and slanderers, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful. So for me, it says that the inclusion of gossip and slander, which also means idle talk, shop talk, rumors, in this list shows how seriously God considers that sin. James 4.11 reminds us that Brothers and sisters, do not speak evil of one another. So the original Greek means not to speak against. We are not to speak against fellow believers, even if what we say about them is true. This is scriptural. Again, Matthew twelve thirty four is saying, But I say to you, that every idle word man speaks, they will give account of it on the day of judgment. Every idle word that you speak, every gossip, every slander, every rumor, every idle word that you speak, you will, give, you will give account for on the day of judgment. By your words you will be justified. And by your words you will also be condemned. How is that for a good New Testament scripture? It's all about speaking, speaking. And we know if we are on the receiving end of some gossip and slander, we know we don't feel good about it. We actually feel really bad. And sometimes we can't sleep, and, and, and it really affects us. And it just shows you the power of speaking these things in existence over other people's lives. We are also now what I call in the age of me. Everything is about me. Me, me, me. It's my rights. It's my this. It's my that. This is how I want it, etc., etc. And in this age of me where everything is about me, I've become very opinionated. We've become so opinionated. We've got so many opinions about so many things and so many people. Yet scripture teaches us, do not judge and criticize and condemn others so that you may not be judged and criticized and condemned. For just as you judge and criticize and condemn others, you will be judged and criticized and, con and condemned. How? In accordance with the measure you use to deal out to others, it will be dealt out against you. The same measure you spoke, you criticized, condemned, judged other people. Scripture is saying you will receive it back in the same measure. So what do we actually do? Do we realize that we actually speak against God? Through our mouths, through our word, whatever we speak... We either testify for or against word, against God's word, will, and purpose for my spouse, my parents, my kids, my colleagues. We've gone through the list. Stefan.
just hold this. Just like that. Okay. So this is, this is God's view. This is how God sees him. This is, this is how God described his life. God dreamt about him. He's got a purpose. He's got a plan. It's awesome. Now we come with our words and, and, and we say, no, no, no. That's, that's who you are. So it's just a, a, a depiction. So, so if I do this, if I speak stuff over other people that's not aligned with what God says, who that person, then I sin against God. I'm telling God, you, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what you created. You're wrong. This is, this is uh, this, this person. This is how I see this person. So every time I speak, I must realize, do I speak according to God, how God sees this situation or this person, or do I speak how I see it? Because I can promise you, if you speak it how we see it, it's most of the time not accurate. We need to come into alignment with God's view of the people in front of us, the person, the husband, the wife, the child, the colleague, or even the situation. What is, what is God's view of the situation? If not, I sin against God. I speak against the will and the purpose and the word of God. What we should realize is that people in authority positions has got a massive impact. So we all know that, that our frame of reference, we, we are formed, our frame of reference is developed in our younger years. Mothers, fathers, uncle, aunts, grandfathers, grandmothers, teachers, pastors can speak over us, life or death. I'll read this one story Mary, who never received any cooking training from her mother, married Jack, a business executive who had a quick temper. Mary never succeeded in serving meals that were tasty or attractive. For a while, Jack exercised self-control and contained his impatience. Finally, he blurts out in frustration, I am sick and tired of the way you serve your meals. You will never learn to cook. And he starts to repeat this at various occasions. From then on, Mary's hands tremble whenever she brings the food to the table. Meals become an ordeal from which she longs to escape. After some years, the marriage breaks up, but the curse pronounced by Jack follows Mary through the rest of her life. Although she is talented and successful in many areas, she never learns to cook. Whenever she finds herself in a kitchen, something dark comes over her that inhabits her natural ability. There's only one solution for her, to recognize the fact that her husband spoke a curse over her, and she needs to seek the release of, that God has provided. However, Jack has also pronounced the curse on himself without knowing it. 
Every time he said, I'm sick of the way you serve your meals, he begins to develop a chronic indigestion for which the doctors cannot find any natural cause or cure. And just like Mary's inability to cook, Jack's indigestion followed him to the end of his days. One more, one more story. After a son had messed up various practical tasks assigned to him by his father, his father said, your fingers are all like thumbs. You have two left hands. The father may speak these words jokingly, not in anger. Nevertheless, they made a permanent impact on the son. Thirty years later, he was still embarrassed um, every time he is confronted with even a simple practical task. This continued to be an area of his life which he never succeeded in. Yet his root problem might not be so much the lack of skill or confidence. He just never built the confidence his father unintentionally destroyed in his childhood. So we must be careful if we are in authority position, and especially as a, as a parent, what we speak, because the impact might be lifelong. Let's look at maybe a, a solution. Is there a solution to this? And the answer is yes. First of all, like all things in life, we need to recognize what's the problem. Is there a problem? Recognize the problem, we need to then humble ourselves before the Lord and pray and desperately seek the Lord for guidance. We should not be like an ostrich and put our head in the sand and say there's no problem. There's a problem, recognize it. Jeremiah teaches us, Call upon me, and you will come and pray to me, and I will hear you and heed you. And then you will seek me, inquire for, and require me as a vital necessity, and find me when you search for me with all your heart. The Lord invites us to come and bring our problem to Him. Secondly, we need to lay the foundation again. A key foundation of our faith it's about forgiveness and repentance. We need to bring whatever we've spoke over other people, over ourselves, over certain situations, we need to bring it to the Lord and ask for forgiveness. And if possible, we need to ask for forgiveness to the individuals over which we spoke these words. We can revoke the words and we can replace the words with words and promises from Scripture. We need to exercise our faith muscle and believe that God, that we do hear God's voice through the Holy Spirit that's within us. So it's, it's all about faith. It's all about having faith, having belief in God. Romans 14, 23 teaches us, whatever does not originate and proceed from faith is sin. So God is saying, if you're not doing something from a position of faith, it's sin. 
That's how important faith is. Elsewhere in Scripture, it says where Jesus is saying, when I come back, I hope I will find faith. John 10 verse 4 is teaching us that the sheep, that's us, we follow Jesus because we hear his voice. So it's a confirmation that we do hear his voice. Ephesians tells us that we are blessed with all the spiritual blessings. Romans 8.17 says we share in the inheritance. So there's so many good things for us. But by faith, we need to believe it, step into it, and start to proclaim it over our lives. We need to come into agreement with God. So we need to come into agreement with God. We need to come into agreement with God's will, calling, and purpose for our lives. We need to agree that this is who I am. This is why the Lord created us, me. This is His will for this situation. This is His will for my wife, for my child, for this, this. We need to be in agreement with God from where? From a position of the finished work of, of, of God. So we need to look at the end. How does God want to see us in the end? God always sees the end from the beginning. And in the end, he said, there's a glorious purpose I've developed for you. I've got such awesome plans for you that you can fulfill. So we need to put on God's glasses and say, Lord, how should I see and view this person or this situation? Pastor Johannes taught us last Sunday about having the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, the oil and our lamps. How do we find the will of God? How do we come into agreement with God? We go into Scripture and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to us what is the promises here? What is the... What is the the promises for a certain situation that I need to start to believe in and pray over myself. This is now the important part. We need to start to proclaim Scripture. It means speak it. It means declare it. I said... If you, if you can remember the picture with the line and the mouth in the beginning, we need to start to speak Scripture over our lives, over, uh, over our situations. Job is teaching us and saying, declare a thing and it will be established for you. Declare the Scripture over your life and it will be established for you. By proclamation, we put our thought life, this problem area, under the authority and discipline of the Holy Spirit. We must speak out loud. We must speak out loud the Scripture into the physical and into the spirit realms. Why? Well, there is power in the written Word and there is power in His name. The Word of God is alive. And if we speak it out loud, it's even more alive and it affects 
the environment, the surrounding areas, the person, the situation. After our thoughts, our thoughts becomes words, and finally our words becomes actions. Psalm 103 verse 20 is awesome because the Lord is saying there that all His messengers of power, meaning all His angels, listen intently to the voice of God to do it. So there's angels, we all believe that there's angels. And the angels are not listening and waiting for our word. It's listening for God's word. And as, as soon as we start to speak God's word, over a certain situation, the angels start to act because they act, according to Scripture, on His Word. So if we start to speak Scripture over a person and situation, the angels in the heavenlies come to our assistance and they want to perform God's Word. Why do we need to speak it out loud? It's, it's to build up our own faith. Romans 10, 17 teaches us that Faith comes by hearing the word of God. So the more we speak it, this frequency goes out into the ear, and slowly but surely, it builds up our faith. We speak it out loud, we hear it. I say to my son, he's, he's still considering if it's true. I say to him, when he studies, besides writing it down, there's also a benefit of speaking it, and hearing it. For me, when I prayed about this, this service and, and this, this message, I was reminded that the Apostle Paul encouraged the people to prophesy. We've all read the scripture where everybody is speaking about speaking in tongues, but the Apostle Paul said, but more, I wish you would prophesy. Prophesy means speaking, proclaiming. Why do we prophesy? To build up, to exhort, to encourage. So why did the Apostle Paul say, let's prophesy. Let's start to speak positive things over people more than anything else. I think, I think he knew the secret. Make sense? We need to become intentional. It should become part of our daily routine. Why? Jeremiah teaches us that God is watching over His Word to perform it. He's watching over it. So if, if we repeat it and repeat it and it becomes part of our daily life, God is, is there, He's watching, he's, he's, he's waiting that we start to speak His will, His scripture, His promises over our lives so that he can, he can perform it, he can fulfill it. A big warning, we must be careful not to put all our faith in a proclamation or in a procedure. Our faith must be in God alone. So where do we start? We need to start with ourselves, whatever we've spoken over ourselves. Whatever we've spoken over our immediate family, whatever other people have spoken over us. God's unit of measure, God's ruler will always be the family. That's, that's where he starts. 
And from there, the circle gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So in conclusion, my question to you today is, do you believe me that we speak life or death? Do you believe the scripture in Isaiah 55 that says that God's word will not return void to him? Or the scripture in Luke 137 that God says, no word from God, meaning no scripture, no promise in the Bible is without power or is impossible to fulfill. Do you believe me? You can just do this. Give me indication. Okay. So if you believe me, I would uh, ask if you would maybe join me in a prayer, and I would ask that we do it as a, as a corporate prayer out loud. So um, maybe through this message you've, you've, you've realized, well, um, I've been on the receiving end. So many stuff has been spoken over my life over the years, maybe as a child, and I'm still believing that lies. I came into agreement with those lies. And, and it's, it's totally formed me. It's changed me. It's, it's altered the course of my, of my life. And I realize now there's power in words. And I want to forgive that individual or individuals. Or maybe you realize, well, I've been giving it. I've been giving. I, I was so opinionated about so many things and so many people. And I spoke so many words of death over people. And maybe I need to, I need to repent of that and, and make right with God. So I'll, I'll start the prayer. You can, you can just read after me. And then there's the last portion of the, of the prayer where I've incorporated Scripture. And once we've repented and asked forgiveness, we start to declare, we start to proclaim and say, Lord, this is what we believe, who we are. And we start to declare it over our lives. Sounds good? All right, let's all stand. Heavenly Father, I confess and repent of my sin of speaking death over other people through gossiping, slandering, and judging them. I confess and repent of my sin of making inner vows that is not aligned with your will and your purpose for my life. I forgive and release myself and all those who spoke words of death over me. I joyfully accept the divine exchange that Christ made for me on the cross of Calvary. I break, I cancel, and nullify every word of death over me right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I choose to release and bless those that hurt me by their words. And I want to proclaim the following 
over my life. Today, I choose to agree with God. Jesus takes great delight in me. He sings, rejoices, and dances over me. I have the mind of Christ, and I'm thinking more and more like Him. I'm a beautiful expression of the one that created me in His image and likeness. I'm handpicked by the King of the universe. The Lord has chosen me for Himself. And I'm His special treasure. I proclaim that I have a destiny and a purpose. God has wonderful plans and expectations for my life. I will speak life to my future. God has great plans for me. And my best and, mo and most blessed days are in front of me, not behind me. I speak words of life over myself, over my loved ones, over my family and my friends. I will speak words of faith, hope and love. The Lord has put a watch <laughs> over the words of my mouth. And He guards the fruit of my lips to keep me from stumbling. My words are powerful. And my heart overflows with life. When I speak, life comes out of my mouth. I speak God's word, and it does not return void. His word accomplishes what He pleases, and it prospers in the thing for which it is sent. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you for being here this morning. I trust that the Lord has touched your heart. And I pray that you will have a blessed weekend and a wonderful week ahead. And that you will start to claim the promises of the Lord, the scriptures in the Lord over your life. And that you will start to walk out a blessed, wonderful, purposeful life of influence and favor and make an impact in God's kingdom. May you be blessed this week. If there's anybody that feels that they need some more prayer over this topic, then uh, I'll, be, I'll be in front um, for, some, for some individual prayer. Thank you so much. Have a blessed day. Amen.